Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We are here for week two of the leadership journey with Brian Kite. BK, good to have you here again. Good to hear from you, Keith. Last week, we talked about creating energy. Um, and this week, we're going to talk about alignment and aligning uh, everybody within our culture. And, and really, when we think about this game, when we think about uh, what we try to do, there's so much we could get focused on with the X's and O's, our offensive system, our defensive system, our special team system, all the little systems that work within each of those. Um, but the funny thing is, Brian, when I talk to coaches, and I've done over 200 podcasts this offseason, and, and the question I ask coaches at the end is, what gives your, your program, what gives your team the winning edge? Not a single guy has mentioned anything from those other systems. They've talked about things that are within their culture. They've talked about their leadership. They've talked about their human connections, right? The relationships. It's such an important piece of this. And really, that's what it comes down to when you know we talked about this journey and, and what a season really brings. Getting your culture aligned, getting your, your people aligned within the culture is such an important element of that. It is. And I'll, I'll start off maybe this conversation with a question for you. In your coaching days, in your coaching time, you have a ton of coaching experience. What was your experience like? trying to create alignment in a position room across the offensive side of the ball and across an entire team where you've got 50, 60, 70, 80 people to try to get onto the same page. What was your experience like trying to create alignment and common understanding and common mission and direction? I think I've had both positive and negative experiences with that. And uh, I'll go back to uh, my early days as a head coach and really not understanding that whole piece completely. I knew I had to get my players on the same page, but in doing that, I, I really neglected making sure that the coaching staff, I just assumed the coaching staff was aligned with me and the things that we wanted to do, and it caused some frustration, and, and things came to a head after a couple of weeks of the season where obviously you know, every, everything in the season gets amplified. So we had some intense emotional situations we had to handle, and we got everything aligned and had a, a positive year. But uh, as, as a head coach, I think I made those mistakes in assuming some people were involved. So I, I think that's something I learned is that you can't assume anybody understands. You have to go out 
and really teach those things and make sure that everybody understands where you're coming from. Um, and then I had a situation, you know, at the college level in a position meeting room where we had a, a very, uh, it, was, it was our receiver group. It was a very selfish group of guys who were all about just wanting to make sure they got the ball. And we turned that group into, you know, we, we really made it a, a, a culture of learning and, and, and coaching and teaching each other where those guys became like coaches on the field and understood like their success is so reliant on everybody else's success that they had to go out and they, maybe they wouldn't get this ball, the ball, this particular play. But if they didn't do their job, the other guy wouldn't get it either. So they started to serve each other and, and they, you know, we were able to align that group and uh, get them together. So when you think about both of those situations, one where I had learned from those mistakes and made sure everybody understood where we're coming from, and another one where I just thought, you know, because we talked about some of those things that everybody understood and was aligned. And, you know, I think you have, you have to find that balance. You have to make sure everybody's on the same page, especially as you climb that ladder as a coach and you have more and more responsibility. It's so interesting that that description that you give of – being a coach and two words jumped out to me in that description you just gave and those, those examples, the word understanding and then the word assumption or assuming and kind of, kind of tackled each of those individually, starting with the word understanding. And the first thing, I think that's a great entrance point into alignment because the first thing is we have to understand the environment we're operating in as coaches. And, and we really try to keep it as simple as possible not make it more complex. I think one of the downsides of today's environment is there is so much information for coaches, with coaches, among coaches, that we start thinking that clarity and finding the edge is about folding more stuff in. And we know that doesn't work from a football perspective, but it also doesn't work from a team perspective. Let me give the, the most clear example that I know how to communicate about how a team really operates. And that is this, a team is a human system first and an athletic system second. It is definitely both systems, but it's a human system before it's an athletic system. And that the strength of the athletic system is dependent on the skill of the human system that supports it. And I think as coaches, we get pulled in sometimes to understanding a lot more of how the athletic system works and trying to align the athletic system, who was supposed to be in what position, who is supposed to be doing what, who has what role in the athletic system, you know, things like assignment and technique, etc. Whereas in reality, it's the human system underneath it that creates alignment. Alignment at its core, it's not a strategy issue. It's not a role issue. Alignment is a culture issue. It's a personal issue. Do you believe in the same things we believe in? Do you uphold the same standards that we uphold? And are you willing to give personally the same things we all give into this? And that is as much an issue for coaches as it is for athletes. Does that, does that alignment about the human system aligning before the athletic system can align, does that make sense, that cause and effect from an understanding perspective? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you talk with, with coaches all the time, and let, let's take it to something like the college level, where guys have the opportunity to bring people into their system, you know, they're looking at those skills, 
But before they make those decisions, before they pull the trigger, before they invest in that that particular person who fits this spot in a in an athletic system, those guys at that level, they're looking to make sure that person fits in their culture, right? They they want a guy who's going to have the character that they need and is going to align within the human system. And so let's extend that to, to the high schools where we, we don't have the ability to recruit like that necessarily. We certainly can make decisions about who stays in our program uh, if, if we see that. But we have to um, obviously get all those people aligned. And it starts with the coaching, coaching staff. Um, like I said, you know, my mistake early on in my career as a head coach was I thought those guys were aligned. I thought they understood. I assumed things. But it's that again. It's that human system. It's it's the understanding that all those people need that that it fits together, and that's the coaches as well. Um, we can't just say the players. The the coaches have to buy into that as well. It, it, absolutely true. And if there is a breakdown in the human system among the coaching staff, you can be guaranteed there will be a breakdown in the human system among the athletes and the team, because the athletes are watching. And I think. I think one of the things that coaches would benefit from the most, we talked about this last week and it's worth repeating with a little different angle. I think something that coaches would benefit from the most, especially in the sport of football would be doing an analysis and audit, paying attention to yourself and making sure your actions match your words. It's so simple that we overlook it, that we say a lot of things as coaches. You know, we do our speeches and now we tweet and we go on Facebook and we go on Instagram and we're in front of parents and we're in front of teams and we're on the sideline and we're constantly sharing messages. We're constantly saying, we're constantly in some, sometimes we're constantly preaching to athletes and we would be served as coaches to take a step back ask ourselves and then critically evaluate, do my actions match my words? Does my attitude match what people hear from me? Basically it's this, is what people feel for me and see for me aligning with what people hear from me? That's the first alignment. Before we think about alignment in the team and the human system outside of us, Make sure that what people feel and see and hear from you, make sure those three things are aligned and understand the priority order most people are going to put those in. Most people, most of the time, are going to feel something from you first, see something from you second, and then hear that from you third. Too often as coaches, we reverse those. They hear from us, and we think that is the priority. And then we don't align with what they feel and what they hear from us. And so put that in that order. Make sure they feel your attitude, see your action, and hear your words. Most of the time, it's going to need to be in that order. And then second, as you get those things aligned, then it's about getting that alignment into your staff so that those same three things are aligned across your entire staff. If, as a coach, if a head coach or a position coach, if you want to go bring this into your staff, you know, by all means, bring this into your staff from a position coach. You don't have to be the head coach to initiate this. You know, get your head coach on board. But if you can get that happening in your staff and you can get your whole staff aligned on that, you're ahead. And to the point you're making, Keith, you're ahead of a lot of other staffs because a lot of other staffs are going to get so focused on the athletic system 
that they don't pay the required level of attention to the human system. And there is a far greater opportunity for improvement in the human system in football than there is in the athletic system in football. Not because we can't improve the athletic system, but because there's only so much cover two you can teach. There's only so many times you talked about it in your receiver room. There's only so many times you can explain to a receiver why what he does on the back side of a play is so important to what is happening on the front side of a play. There's only so many times you can describe to the linebacker why if he gets his collision, it helps out the safety or why if the D line doesn't get the chip on the tackle or the tight end, it makes something harder. There's so much, there's only so much you can do with assignment and technique in terms of explaining it at some point, usually earlier than later, if you're doing this right, it actually comes down to a human element. Do you believe that this really matters? Do you understand the personal implications of trust between you and that guy behind you? And therefore, are you willing to do your role not based out of assignment, but based out of care and concern for the people around you, based on trust, based on your desire to not let the other 10 guys on the field down? That's a personal and a human issue, not so much an athletic issue. So it's personal alignment internally first, then it's staff alignment, and then it's team alignment. There's a physics to how alignment goes. Leaders go first, people on the staff go second, and the team goes third. And that's the order it has to be. I think, Brian, as as we're talking about this human system, um, what really came to mind in, in as football coaches, we know this to be true. We know we need to keep our systems Simple yet detailed so that our players can go out and execute them. And you and I have talked about this before. You know, uh, my, I, I related it to walking into some different schools and just seeing, you know, all the signage all over their locker room, all these different messages. Sometimes and we talked about, you know, the, the coach sharing all these messages, talking, talking, talking. You, you have to be willing to be simple and stay focused on a small group of messages. You can't just you know, share, share everything all the time and expect them to relate it back to this is the, the core of what we believe. I think it's so important that it has to be kept simple so your players can execute that human system as well. It has to be. And there's, there's, a, there's a fundamental principle across all of life about why it has to be that way, because that's not unique to football. Every one of our our business clients, all the way up to our, you know, our clients, you know, Fortune 100 and global organizations, the same principle applies. In school districts, the same principle applies. And here's why. In a world of increasing complexity, simplicity wins because simplicity executes. What is simple can be executed. What is complex is actually the enemy of execution. And that applies in culture and alignment more so than any other issue. I mean, look, alignment is fundamentally a culture issue, not a strategy issue. Strategy is incredibly common. Culture is incredibly rare. So when you're talking about messaging, messaging, again, make sure we understand, go back to what we just said. Messaging is mostly words. Words are are certainly an entry point or a supporting point. But what needs to happen is the messaging needs to be simple so that the feeling of attitude and the action you're observing is easy to evaluate. If it's complex, it's hard to do. If it's hard to do, it's hard to observe. And if it's hard to observe, you, you, you can't track it. So 
keeping it simple is what allows you to put the culture on the table in a really clear way. And, and this is what it comes down to, Keith. It comes down to this. If you want alignment, it comes down to doing three things. How do you actually create alignment? You do it through three ways. You, you do it through clarity, you do it through support, and you do it through accountability. Let's keep it simple right now. If you want alignment, make it clear, support them by training them and teaching them how to do what you were clear about, and then hold them accountable by paying attention to what they do and acting on what you see them actually engage in. So if I look at, at why, why alignment doesn't happen, generally speaking, it happens for one of three reasons, and, it, and they follow clarity, support, and accountability. Alignment doesn't happen on a team in the human system or the athletic system. One, because it either wasn't clear, they didn't understand from the start, it wasn't clarified, or too many things were communicated and they had to filter themselves, and you don't know what they filtered on. So having three simple messages as opposed to ten helps with clarity because now all of a sudden I don't need you to memorize 10. I need you to know three simple ones. The second reason that, that alignment doesn't happen is that they didn't get the support they needed in order to align with you. They weren't taught. They weren't trained well enough. They didn't get the coaching required. They didn't have the tools or the resources to do what you were clear about. So if you assume clarity, the second question is, are they supportive enough? Do they have all of the tools, training, resources, and coaching required or the reason they're not aligned is because they weren't held accountable and accountability is really important to redefine right now i want to i want to take accountability back and this is what we do in our organization i i learned this from my dad 15 plus 20 plus years ago and it it, it moved me then and i've you know spent the last 20 years of my life trying to redefine accountability for everybody that we talk to accountability guys we have to stop treating it as punishment Keith, has, have you ever won – have you won uh, – um, actually, I don't know. Have, have you won conference championships? Um, what, what's the highest level of championship that you've gotten to as a coach or a player? Yeah, we've, we've had uh, conference championships, not at the college level. Definitely have had uh, conference championships at the high school level. You okay. know, it, it's difficult. You, it's very difficult to win those So you know, at any level. Hard. Yeah, you have to, you have, to so have more when, than when, the X's and O's. When you won a conference championship in high school – did your did your athletic director and principal come back and tell you to be accountable for what you did? No. No, they didn't. When 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 we have you when is the only time in your career or your life you have ever been told to be accountable for what you did? <laughs> when something doesn't go right, you're asked to be accountable for what you did. Not when it, there you when, go. It, when it goes wrong, you know, when it goes wrong, people want accountability. If something goes right, exactly. nobody says, you know, be accountable for that. Exactly. And so is it any wonder why people resist accountability when the only time we talk about it is when you're trying to be told you did something wrong? And I'll challenge everybody listening right now. When other people tell you to be accountable for what you do, when somebody who you report to says you need more accountability, you don't like it. That's, that's not something you enjoy when somebody who's in a position of power over you starts hammering you for accountability. And the reason you don't like it is because it assumes with the word you've done something wrong, that you are in error and you need to be corrected and you need to, you need to, you need to own that. And there's a negative connotation. We've got to change this. Let me redefine accountability. Here's what accountability is. Accountability is only two things. It is the combination of paying attention and taking action. 
Accountability is, is the act of observing and doing something on what you observed. It is as much pointing out people who are aligned and doing exactly what it is that you've asked and celebrating it as it is saying thank you, as it is saying good job, as it is standing up a player or a staff member or a community member or a parent and saying this person is the model of our culture. This is, this is what we're looking for, everybody. As it is pointing out errors and gaps and saying not quite. As it is pointing out bigger errors and saying, hey, unacceptable. As it is pointing out outright defiance and shining a, a small light on it and saying, we don't do that. And everybody here on the team sees it. So when we talk about accountability, the reason teams struggle with alignment, the reason culture is so fuzzy for so many teams still is because we don't make culture easy to observe. And then we don't act on when we see it done well, when we see it done consistently, when we see people out of alignment with it, and when we see real defiance to the culture. So accountability, we have to stop treating it as negative. It's not negative. It's neutral. Accountability is just watching what's done and acting on what you see. And I think as a coach, it frees you up. I believe this. It frees you up to stop having to treat accountability like some negative thing and work so hard to try to get people into accountability. When you can tell your team, here's what accountability standard is on, on our team. We're going to watch what you do and we're going to act on what we see you do. That's it. Show me. Just show us who you are and we'll let you show us and then we're going to act on who you are. We will let you earn in alignment with how you act. And that is as important for a head coach as it is for an assistant coach and staff member as it is for a team member. And then here's what we're going to do. We're not going to ask you to do those things without first clarifying what our standards are simply so you can align with them. And then two, supporting you on everything you need to align with what we clarified. Third of all, we're going to observe and watch you. We're going to watch what you do. And then we're just going to act on what we see. And if you do it well, you will be celebrated. You will be rewarded. You will earn. If you do it not quite well, but you're trying, we're going to coach you up. We're going to teach you. We're going to train you. If you do it and you're not quite meeting the standard, we're going to push you. And you're going to feel a little bit of discomfort for being out of alignment if you're not doing it like we need. And I'll tell you what, if you choose to not do it because you don't want to align with how we do it, it's going to be uncomfortable for you to be inside this program. You're, you're a good person. You can be a good person. You can be a good dude. But if you don't align with us out of choice, you don't get – you give up your comfort. And here's, here's what I think coaches would do would, – would have a benefit for embracing alignment. Because the hard part about today's world – I don't know if you've felt this yet, Keith, but I think the challenging part about today's world especially is the messages coming out about – let people be themselves. You know, that's just me. And I, I've been sharing this a lot and pushing this a lot in our content and, and across our social channels of, I don't want to tell anybody who to be. I really don't. Um, I, want, I want to make sure people know you get to be you. But there's consequences for who you choose to be. There's consequences for who I choose to be. I want to be who I am, but I understand I am not free from the consequences of who I choose to be. As CEO of my company, uh, building a business and running it with my dad, with my wife, with my kid, with my clients on this podcast, the way I come across 
there's consequences about how people perceive me. I want to be free to choose how I want to operate, but I'm never free from the consequences of that choice. Here's a great message for teams. Embrace the uniqueness of you, but align with us. Embrace how unique you are as a coach, as a person, as a young man, and align with us. There's room for both of those things. You can be you and unique with all your personality, however that looks, and you can align with us, but that won't happen by chance. It has to happen by choice. As a coach, that alignment is not something you control. It's something you have to create. And so encourage your players to make that choice. Encourage your staff to make that choice, but you got to let them make it. In order to help them make it, give them clarity, give them support, give them accountability, simply. Brian, as I, as I hear you say those things, I, I, I really, first of all, really like how you phrase that, you know, being, being free to be you, but being part of us. Um, you know, it, it's very much like putting together an offensive system that I need to look at the skill sets I have and the people I have and what they bring to the table, you know, from a physical standpoint and fit those together as, as a, a unit. I think it's the same thing when you, you have all these different personalities, especially when you're, you're looking at a, a large roster like a football team. You do need to embrace all the, uh, you know, the, 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 the diversity on, on your, your team and figure out how that comes together. You don't want them being robots as well. I mean, a football team, they are faced with solving problems out on the field. You certainly want them to align and, and march in step, but at the same time, you know, when we look at the bigger picture of what we're doing with football, that we can't, um, I think the word would be indoctrinate them completely that, uh, you know, you just fall into this blindly. I think that's a dangerous thing in society today. So it's, you know, when we look at, and I've, I've been in those situations where a coach tried to maybe indoctrinate a team into certain beliefs that you always have to be this way and, and never celebrated a little bit of that individuality, that is important to our society today. Um, what are your it's thoughts on that? It's absolutely huge. It's incredibly important. It's a difficult conversation to have and more than we have time for today to, sure. to dig into it as much as I would like to. But I can tell you in, in all of the keynotes that I'm doing in, uh, for, for companies, for teams, athletic departments in the school districts, in, in all of the, you know, this is, we're, we're, we're in August here right now while we're recording this and I'm, I'm making the campgrounds right now for uh, all of our college football clients and in every single staff room and in every single team room, this is coming up and we are, we're facing a lot of challenges on those fronts, but, but let me share some simple, tangible, tactical things for you to do. Number one, it's this, tell your players to choose to align and choose the culture. Do not absorb it. In every team room that I've been in, when I've addressed players, athletes, I have told the athletes, do, with a lot of the cultures for these teams that we've helped construct, helped build, and a lot of teams have used our approach and system for, for creating their culture playbook. And, and so we, we were you know, assistants with architecting the culture in a lot of these programs. And I tell the players, do not absorb this culture. Do not absorb it. Choose it. If you absorb the culture, what's going to happen is you're going to operate out of compliance. Mm -hmm. You have to choose this culture. 
because culture, every belief is chosen or absorbed, Keith, in, in life. Every single belief, you either absorbed it from the people or the environment or the city or the family or the parents that you grew up with, or you chose it for yourself. Where you sat down, you evaluated, and you said, do I want this in my life? Is this something I believe in independent of what was told to me? Do I, do I move myself through this world by these rules and standards? And if you choose it, that's deeper. If you absorb it, you don't know what you're absorbing. And right now, there's a lot of messages competing for people's attention. You know, whether it's, again, I think the, the, the hard part about diversity is what, is what are we absorbing what, what gets absorbed with diversity? And I find that this, in companies and in teams, the ones that can build the right diversity by whatever reference point you want to use, diversity of thought, diversity of opinion, diversity of background, diversity of, of ethnicity, pick, pick, your, pick your spot, diversity of age. The, the teams that have the best diversity first and fundamentally have a foundation of beliefs that everybody believes in because they've all chosen it. That kind of team, that kind of organization can actually support the uniqueness of diversity across a lot of different people. It's when you don't have that foundational clarity and those fundamental three, four guiding beliefs that everybody has chosen that makes diversity and uniqueness hard to support because everybody starts going in different directions. So, you know, when you can build that and you can get your players to choose, not absorb, absorb, again, absorb breeds compliance. When, when staff absorbs things that you say, they let you lead it and then they get out of the way and try to let you own the culture themselves when they've absorbed it. When they've chosen it, man, they lead it really differently. When you as an assistant coach have chosen the same beliefs as the head coach that you operate for, you lead differently than if you just absorbed it from a coach because you needed to, because that was how that head coach runs it. Same thing for a player. You don't want them absorbing stuff. You don't, you don't want your family. You don't want your kids just absorbing from you. You want them to choose it. You want them to choose that life or choose whatever life that they want to build. And, and that's what we're trying to do. And the, the, the principles expand way beyond football. And, and I'll just wrap with this. Cause I, I know our time is winding down, but I'll, I'll wrap with this. Uh, from an alignment perspective and I'll kind of let you close if there's any questions to clarify. But understand alignment and culture, it's mostly social proof. Most of the time what we're doing in culture and with alignment is we are looking around for how do other people behave? What is it that, what is it other people are doing and do I fit in? So creating that kind of alignment on your team it begins with getting the belief into people and have them start demonstrating it socially so that you aren't the only one trying to create the culture and show it and demonstrate it on the team. If you don't get the culture and alignment socially into the behavior patterns of your staff and your players, then whatever is spreading socially, that's going to become a stronger guide of what people do and the standard by which they do it. So just understand that culture is mostly social proof. You got it. You have to make it fun being part of the culture, rewarding to be part of the culture. Most of all, you got to make it productive. There's got to be an ROI that they value out of that. And then you got to make it socially unacceptable to be out of alignment with the culture. And that's mostly a social issue, 
not a football issue. Brian, I think that, that really brings a lot of clarity to, to what we're talking about today. When, when you put it in that framework of choosing it, you know, choosing to be a part of that culture um, instead of just being compliant. I, I, I relate that to football. I talk to, to my players all the time about this. Is, is that I don't want you to just be out on the field running the lines because that's how it was drawn. You know, and go back to him and say, well, you drew it this way, coach. That, that's not the point of what we're doing. We need you to think along the way. Football is a, a thinking man's game. Life is a thinking man's game. You can't just stumble through it and say, well, that was how the line was drawn. You have to, like you said, choose, and it goes back to that word, because you need to understand you know, which we talked about in the beginning, understanding. What I would encourage every coach to remember, um, because we're building young men in this game, um, what I would encourage every coach to remember, this, this, is, this is really hard, is you got to let people be free to make their own choice. If you're providing clarity and support and accountability, you can't choose for your players and you can't choose for your other staff members. Do your job to lead provide them the opportunity to make choices in attitude, in action, and in their words. And then you have to let them choose. And some people are going to choose to align. But if you coach this game for any period of time, there are going to be people who don't align. And they're going to not align out of their own choice. We hope they do. We want them to. That is not in our control as teachers of this game as coaches and as leaders. So just remember, they get to choose, not us. They get to choose. We have to make our choice. They have to make theirs. Give people and allow people the freedom to make their own choices, but make sure they understand they're never free from the consequences. That kind of leadership prepares people for life beyond football and it makes football in the meantime a lot more productive and fun. Which obviously is our, our goal here as we take this journey through the season. So um, I look forward to our conversation next week. Brian, what's going to be our topic? Next week, let's talk about how do you deal with challenges to your culture, whether they come from the inside or whether they come from the outside. And I, I think, Keith, it'd also be worth talking next week about challenges to the football culture, something that if you're in the game of football, it's being challenged right now. And I, I think that's a conversation worth starting or at least worth not starting but continuing and having. Absolutely, and, and it's something I'm definitely looking forward to. Uh, thanks for uh, all the information you provided us today, Brian. I think some, some great things on getting your culture aligned, and I uh, look forward to doing this again next week. Thanks again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. We have some great things coming for you in May, all in on offense and deep dive on defense, those series are back where we spend an episode each week and get into uh, the details of an offensive concept or a defensive concept. And we'll continue to have some great interviews here throughout the remainder of this offseason. Follow all we're doing at coachingcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K. Grabowski.